days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and now we get to talk about joint practices again, this time part due. Take two. Yeah, this is going to be uh, fun We get to get into some of these things because um, it is the land of overreaction in 49ersville, um, including 100 yards of overreaction in my opinion, but I will keep it even keel. I will keep this calm and i will get into the exact reasons why these things happened correct i'll go over the top for you i I got you don't worry i'm just kidding i won't do it (laughs) look before we get too far into this training camp day 17 day two right of joint practices make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already join the discord server link is in the description down below also in the chat probably isn't pinned but you can find it. it's not too hard head over to the cutback shop as well cop yourself some great sweet 49ers cutback merch and just you know player merch team merch in general it's, it's just good stuff there you want to be able to rep it when you go to levi's you know show your support for the 49ers and the cutback crew so make sure you go copy yourself some of that but let's dive into day two take two of joint practices with the chargers yeah the chargers are uh they're on one ant they're uh, a lot of a lot of smack talking going on a lot of reports of them on the sidelines john john at jimmy john at this team really blowing things out of proportion and you know what that that is what it is you, you guys can have your, your moments or whatever I haven't seen a lot of beat reporters talking up a lot of the stuff that the offense was doing, so <laughs> I, I don't really know what to say for you other than that. Defense is having some moments where they're showing out. Good for the Chargers. It's a young team. They get, definitely have something to prove and definitely have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I'm looking forward to the bulletin board material this is going to provide for Sunday, though. I like it. I like I like the Super Chargers getting excited out there, you know, and trying to trying to talk their trash. Um, that is great. You know, it worked out so well for Denver in 2019 Accurate. after they picked off Jimmy Garoppolo five times and then what did they do that year again nothing um but no i i I like it because i think that i think the chargers are trying to change a culture there you know they're trying to fix things uh and so you expect this stuff i mean you make big plays you talk trash um plus we know that river craycraft was out there talking his trash too so the 49ers definitely were doing their own talking as well um i have no problems with the trash talk as long as it doesn't get over the top that that is football the energy is what you need so um, talk your trash. You make plays. You make somebody. You know. You you beat somebody else out there on the field. And you let them. You let them hear about it. And hey, that's what happens sometimes, especially on big hits. I appreciate the big hits. Um, the part I don't appreciate is the you know third and three, and you get a first down, and you get the whole the whole point thing. Uh, yeah, we might want to dial that one back. But that is just a normal football issue. Um, let's not even get into the defensive players that do the feed me um, stuff because that's a real issue for me as well. Because why would we feed you? You're on defense. Um, I just don't get it. If if it's a running back, I understand. Feed me, you know, keep feeding me. Let's go. Other than that, it doesn't make sense. Once again, um, don't do that kind of stuff. It, it annoys me. Uh, I told you I wasn't going to get on one, but I'm getting on one here <laughs> <laughs> because of some of this stuff. But the trash talk is fine. But let's get into let's get into what actually happened in these um, joint practices, especially this this second one that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet. And we had some injuries, you know, that we got to go over. It seems like the 49ers were just going to rest people in general. And ultimately, they're doing that. Now, the one thing that jumped out at me, Alex, is that Aziz Alshair played yesterday. Uh, he played, and guess what he didn't do today? Play. Uh, because he's got an injured elbow now. So, thank God for Michael Kendricks. <sighs> yeah. 
Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> Jeez Louise, Al Shire cannot catch a break. This linebacking group cannot catch a break at all whatsoever. Um, there was also Aaron Banks, right? He didn't practice today, obviously. Right. Alex Barrett, surprisingly, was out today. Sean Coleman, not a surprise. Jalen Hurd, obviously not a surprise. Ken Law, not a surprise. Mosley, not a surprise. Williams, not a surprise. Elijah Wilson, not a surprise. I mean, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell, excuse me. My bad. My apologies. Elijah Mitchell, not um, a surprise. No, it, look, look, Sacramento B, we got this from you. That's true. You have Elijah Wilson, and it's supposed to be Elijah Mitchell, and then Tavon Wilson, because both of them missed. Um, Sacramento B needs to get their stuff together. So, someone's copying and pasting yeah. in their notes section, Sacramento B. Someone's copying and pasting names. They definitely be, are. Should be typing uh, yeah, I got there. this straight from the Sacramento B, <clears> so it's uh, supposed to be a legitimate source. Who who put that on the teleprompter? How am I supposed to do my job when you put the wrong name on the teleprompter? This is ridiculous. I mean, there's just no reason for you to take the fall for the Sacramento Bee's, uh, you know. Sack B, come on now. Yeah, come you on. you got to be better than this. Uh, but Tavon Wilson with a maintenance day, interesting. Um, just because, you know, there's been hyping up and talking about the safety room and guys competing. If uh, Tavon Wilson's getting a maintenance day, just kibosh it. It's it's, well, it's not as it's not as serious right. of a competition. Well, they knew they were coming in and taking less reps today. Also, uh, so you didn't need as many guys out there, so you can rest him, especially if you're planning on him getting reps in the game on Sunday. Uh, go uh, ahead and give him a couple days off. He's a veteran. He's been you know grinding it out in practice over the training camp. Makes sense. Give him the days off. Give the reps to these other guys that definitely need him. Jared Maiden, uh, Clinton Dix, and you know Talano Fonga. Let them get the reps. Let's see what they can do. Those are the guys who are really in the running for that last fourth spot. But I, I don't think either any of them really have a shot if, you know, Jawiski targets activated, then it changes. But I think he's going to start the season on uh, the IR. I have a feeling as well. Um, and let's talk about another guy who kind of kind of went off in the middle of practice with an injury and people were freaking out a little Ooh. bit. And the reports were hamstring, hamstring, hamstring. And then you and I just read something recently that said it was after he took a shot. Debo Samuel goes off with, with what people were saying was an apparent hamstring injury. Other reports now coming out saying that it, it was basically he sat out after taking a shot on a pass. So, concerns? Matt Miyoko said it was after taking a big hit. So, uh, it's something you can definitely believe. And I will say this is I was more worried that it was a hamstring, that he came up lame in a non-contact uh, situation because that's what we're fearing. But if it's from a contact thing, I'm definitely a lot more um, comfortable with with that because usually that means it's some sort of a bruise or some sort of a you know something he can bounce back. Contusion, from. Charlie Horse, right? Something like that. I mean, even if he took a shot in the hamstring, it's going to hurt. You know, it's going to get it's going to swell up. What's the point of him going out there and and getting more reps? There's no reason to. So you just go ahead and take care of him. But yeah, the the first thought was well, Jay Hill um, absolutely was panicking already. And, and that's that's what we can expect from him, obviously, when we get into the next episode of Face Off. Um, but there's no panic from us because we wanted to wait and see exactly what happened. And I think, goodness, Matt Mioka put that out there because it wasn't a lot of information on what ultimately happened. But I think I feel a lot better with it coming from a hit. Correct. I feel definitely more comfortable with it coming from a hit, especially since he wasn't carted off the field or anything like that. Um, if, he's, if he's taking a shot and there's no injury report on it, I'm not concerned that this is a big injury. This is just, it's a, it's a dink, right? He, he got dinked. We're going to see what it is and the long-term effects of it. But as of right now, I don't feel they're going to be very long. He probably doesn't play this weekend just to be safe. Probably not. Fair. I, I don't play him. It's a pre-freaking season. I don't care. We don't really need Debo Samuel to, to torch the secondary of the Chargers. Uh, guys have proven they can do that already. Travis Benjamin has shown he can. River Craycraft on a, on a handful of times. They was wide freaking open. And I don't know what the Chargers defense was doing. A apparently, letting River Craycraft have success. 
have fun with that. I, I don't know. That's going to be a fun film session. I can tell you that for the Chargers. Yeah, Craig, fun, fun film session. Craycraft looked like the receiver, necessary roughness, where he's like waving his hands, like I'm open, I'm open. Over here, <laughs> I'm open. Um, over here, he was wide open for a long time. He got him, you know, and then he got the ball for a touchdown. I, I think that Debo being out does give opportunities to these other wide receivers. Definitely, that will be something that's actually you know. Well accepted, I'm sure, by a lot of these guys who need these reps because there are decisions to be made. Travis Benjamin, Simba, Simba Webster, uh, Richie James, who did not drop a pass today. So Richie, watch. Um, he he's he's got he's got one. He he's got one on his belt, and he notched the first notch on his belt. No drops. Today. And he made a he made a couple nice catches that I saw. Go. So Richie James, um, good for him. Good for him stepping up. Good it. for him making plays. But there's definitely a battle for that sixth spot. And who's it going to be? It's going to be interesting. I don't. I don't think Juwan Jennings is even close to being not on this football team. I not think he anymore. secured it. Mm -hmm. So it is that last spot, and uh, we're going to get to see a lot of these guys battle it out in this game. That'll be exciting to watch. Very exciting indeed, and it could very well come down to our la one of our last position battles that we talked about, which was Travis Benjamin versus Richie James. It's true. Very well could come down to that. Look yeah. at us predicting things. We, we were told that was complete poo, that we shouldn't talk about that. We're making things up just to have content. Hey, we were stretching. We were stretching. We could, didn't have any content ideas. Suck it. <laughs> I mean, listen, we, we definitely thought it was a position battle, and it's turning out it's that It's turning out to be a position battle. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. because, the I mean, all the reports you read, and we saw this at practice, is that Travis Benjamin consistently gets behind the defense more than any other 49ers wide receiver, including Brandon Ayuk. That's impressive. Uh, that is impressive. Does he do all the things that Brandon Ayuk does? No. No. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that he is able to do that on a consistent basis has to at least – get the attention of the 49ers. Now, he needs to do that in the game situations. He's doing it at practice. He's not doing it in the game. Maybe it was a scheme thing against Kansas City where that didn't work out, but ultimately <clears throat> it's got to work out this week. He's got to make plays against the Superchargers. He's got to get out there and do some uh, some things. He's got to be a super shredder, if you would, uh, and get out there and make some plays. So I would like to see him you know, ball out. I would actually like to see all these guys ball out and just see who wins. And how Kyle make Kyle make a tough decision on this last uh, wide receiver spot, even though deep down inside I still hope it's Jalen Hurd. I I mean I deep down <laughs> hope it's going to be as well, but we'll see. Time time will tell with that. Uh, uh, let's talk about a position group that had a really good day today on yeah. offense. This running back group, yeah. Uh, whether it was Raheem Mostert an 11-11s from the first play of scrimmage, busting a long one and hitting the cutback. I mean, he really did hit the cutback. Raheem, we appreciate the the shout out. Thank Definitely you for do. That. Uh, you know. Cutback lane, found it, right? He was looked like a little stretch run to the left, finds the seam, cuts back right, yep. and just turns on the afterburners, and it's pretty much, much toast for that Charger secondary. No one's catching that man. Uh, and then Jamichael Hasty, Michael Hasty running with the ones, with uh, with Trey Sherman on, out, not on the field. Um, yeah. That, that's interesting. That's an interesting development, Ant. It is. Uh, Trey Sherman took less uh, reps. You know, just did individuals today. Don't know the reason why. Maybe they're just protecting him. But Jermichael Hasty took advantage of it and made some nice runs. George Kittle had some nice things to say about him. But we've seen this trend, you know, since we've been at practice. It was kind of trending that way towards the end where he was getting second team reps. So maybe now Jermichael Hasty is going to make this roster. Elijah Mitchell being out could have opened the door for this guy, but he looks dynamic in the runs that I've seen. Definitely. So 100% this is a, a good thing. And with Raheem Mostert, that, that's what makes him so special is those dy dynamic and dynamite plays that he can make. You let that complete wash. You want to, you know, overcorrect and get down the down the line and make sure you try to stop Raheem Oster from getting outside zone one way, and then he's able to put his foot in the ground and go the other way and just outrun every single person. Uh, let that wash go through, and and there you go. And yeah, it was nice. 
Very nice. Raheem Mostert still got the speed, and I don't even think he was running full speed. Didn't look like it. Yeah, he's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast, and that was very evident out there because no one could catch that guy. The, that is a dynamic ability that Raheem Mostert has that separates him from every other running back on the team, and the reason why I still say he's going to have more yards than everybody else just because those dynamic plays, Kyle Shanahan knows he needs those in the offense. Definitely. You have to have them. Uh, the interesting thing for me is, do you think you think Wayne Gallman's stock is dropping right now, or they're just giving Hasty an extended run and extended look? I don't think his stock is dropping. I think they've they're starting to define roles for these guys. I think right now Raheem Mostert and um, Trey Sermon are the the one A and one B, and they're going to be used primarily with the first team. And then I think Jamichael Hasty is kind of that third down back that can come in and, and spell these guys. And I believe that Wayne Gallman is more your short yardage and your red zone guy, the guy that can finish at the goal line. So far, he's been the most uh, successful doing that, not only with the Giants, but in training camp as well from it's what true. we saw. It's true. When we saw him at the open practice. They they brought Sermon off the field and brought Gallman in to finish it. So I think that is the defined role. What I don't know is how they're planning on keeping all these running backs. Is Elijah Mitchell going to ultimately end up you know, on an IR or something like that? They're going to stash him because – it's going to be hard for them to cut someone. If they cut any one of these guys, including Wayne Gallman, they're going to land somewhere, maybe even in division, and be a huge problem for the 49ers. Plus, I don't really want to see an offense, you know, offense from the 49ers that doesn't have Wayne Gallman to finish in these short yardage situations because we don't have Jeff Wilson right now. If we had Jeff Wilson Jr., then I would say that you could probably move on from that. But Gallman looks nice, too, running inside. So. Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision there. I think right now, running back and wide receiver are definitely two positions where it is up in the air. It is definitely up in the air. Um, that was my my concern. Well, not concern, but just question that popped into my mind when you're hearing, you know, Jermichael Hasty coming in and taking reps after Trey Sherman. It's like, okay, well, what's the what's the deal here? What's the deal? Because we've seen Gallman as the kind of the next guy in line. Um, I think they're just something that they see that they like. I think I think yes, he had the fumble right against the Chiefs, but other than that. He looked like he was running the ball fairly well. And one of the things that I saw in that Chiefs game and <clears throat> a few times that you had talked about a lot with Jermichael Hasty being a problem was him running into blockers. It's true. In that Chiefs game, he had a couple moments where he did, and then he had a couple moments where he didn't, where he located, realized where he should have been, hit the right areas in space, and I liked what I saw. Um, and there were also a couple times in that game where Gallman had some runs where if he had just taken taken a lane or seen something and bounced to the outside a couple times in inside runs, it would have been even bigger gains. So I think they're just giving these guys some different opportunities and different looks. I think you are right. They have a great idea of what Gallman's success is and where he can have his biggest impact on this on this group. And maybe they're just trying to figure out where Hasty's is going to be and what exactly he can bring to the table before they make their decisions going forward in terms of are we rolling with a new guy in Elijah Mitchell? Are we stashing this dude? We rolling or we rolling with Hasty with this group potentially. Um, you know what the decision is going to be. Time will tell. Uh, but this is not a bad idea. I want to see this, um, and this is a good team to do it against. This Chargers front is a good front, right? You got Derwin James back there as well, who can cover and come if up in the box. Play. That's true. That's that's very true. But you're going to get a look no matter what against either the ones or the twos for for Hasty probably a little bit. Well, I would like to see Hasty get more reps. Ultimately, if he's getting more reps and you get a, a better look at, you know, and being able to break him down even further than what you already did. So you want to see that. I would love to see more of a run from him and from Wayne Gallman in this game, because I do think that both of them, you know, can be more successful in this offense, given more opportunity. They're not going to get more opportunity, you know, the closer we get to the season. So let's get it done in this game. Plus, I mean, just let him put some film out there just in case, because both these guys are dynamic and they're both going to end up on some team. I think 
we sleep on these guys a little bit, especially Gallman. You know, he slept on a lot. He's not one of the flashy names. He's not a flashy player. He just has a really good, you know, way of running, a real good running style, and I like it. Uh, so it, this is probably the room I'm, I'm the least un, least sure of. I think before we came into training camp, the thought was Hasty was probably on the outside looking in. And now with the way everything is going, maybe he's right in the thick of things. The fact that he was taking snaps of the first team is a good sign for him, I think. Definitely a good sign for him. But now we got we to gotta talk about the elephant in the room. We got we got to talk about quarterback watch. Quarterback watch 2021. 2021. I was, that was much better than yeah. mine. That was way better than mine. I was um, feeling the energy. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you're feeling it because I'm riding not, the wave, feeling riding, it, riding the bull, <laughs> feeling it. It's the flow. Because uh, I'm not feeling it, Ant. I'm, okay. I'm not feeling it at all. We've been we've been bouncing back and forth between take and take and hot take and hot take and nonsense after nonsense from from people all over the spectrum. 49ers talking heads, fans, uh, everybody. I'm I'm about done. I'm about done with these takes and this quarterback breakdown play. Uh, people breaking down quarterback play and talking heads. Uh, it's getting it's getting ridiculous. Ridiculous is probably the politest way I can possibly say it. Yeah, it it, it I mean ultimately I think it's just everything is completely overblown. Uh, whether it is a mistake or whether it is a great play, it is I mean taken to the heightened level. Uh, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo made a mistake today. He he left the ball where he shouldn't have left it. A bad a bad mistake. Yeah, bad throw. And we you and I debated and talked about this. Yeah. Right, we talked about. The, the throw itself and the route and where Jimmy missed or why Jimmy missed. Um, you know, he threw the ball inside on an outbreaking route in which there is a possibility. Kittle talked about it being a stick. Well, yeah. Sometimes with a stick, there's a choice with that route. You can break that outside stick and then hold in place, or you can break it out into kind of a, an outbreaking route. Uh, Kittle breaks out, which is what he should have done. He, run, he runs the correct, correct route, and Jimmy either puts the ball in the wrong spot or misreads it and thinks Kittle's basically going to get get that outside leverage and then hold that spot and Jimmy's you know trying to throw the ball up for him to go make a play in space against Derwin James. Regardless, Jimmy either made a misread and a poor decision and a poor throw or he made a bad throw, right? Awful. But the breakdown, the discussion, he threw a, a floater that just died on the way to, to Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it didn't float on film. It, it didn't die. He missed inside. It was actually a rather flat pass. Um, so I don't know how it floated, but yeah, you're right. Uh, George Kittle was breaking outside, and River Craycraft had run his guy to the corner, so there was a lot of space and opening for George Kittle to be able to operate in that little window. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get the ball where he needed to get it. That's plain and simple, and when you have an all-pro player like Derwin James, he's not going to let a ball like that get by him, so he made a play and took it to the house, and that's a house call you can't have happen. Um, especially in the red zone, especially in the red zone. And you're going to get mistakes like this. You're, you are going to get mistakes, but Jimmy needs to clean those things up a little bit. We're starting to get to the point now where the interceptions are getting a little bit worrisome. I do think he's forcing some footballs, uh, because Kyle wants him to, I think he's taking some shots where he normally wouldn't. So I'm going to see how that translates into the preseason game. Hopefully once he starts getting more reps, we can get an idea of how this guy's playing. If he's playing clean preseason games, then I, I have zero concern about what he's doing at practice. If he's playing bad preseason games and this is carrying over into that, then this is a real issue. But when we're breaking down these quarterbacks, I think it's hilarious how the same they can almost have the same stats, and yet one guy is completely put over the other. And it's whatever group you're from, right? The 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 uh, Jimmy people are like, well, Jimmy had a better day because Trey takes too many sacks, or it's oh Trey had it, or you know uh, Jimmy had it, Trey had a good day because Jimmy throws interceptions. Uh, I think we're just overanalyzing this a little bit. These you, guys are you, yeah. these guys are are playing football. They're learning. 
Um, they're trying to adjust, but this is kind of, you know, the numbers really are not the key to this you have at to, all. You have to analyze performance, like what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. Um, it was funny watching a couple of the breakdowns in which they go through all, they went through all of the snaps, right? And it leads off, right? It leads off with how awful of a day Jimmy had and how he's just handing Trey the job, right? Yes. He's handing him the job. And then he and, pro- and Trey's taking it. And Trey, Trey's taking it. And then he proceeds in the first six points. So the first six plays of Trey Lance's day are all incompletions or two yard gain. Like they're nothing plays. Nothing is accomplished. And it's like how he took what eight snaps. You're telling me that six of the eight snaps, the first six six of his eight snaps that he took during those team sessions, netted a total of two yards. And that's taking that's taking control of the first team room. Folks, like, no. And there are people who are, like, gobbling that up as, as fact, factual, like, the reality of the situation yeah. that a couple of good plays from Trey, you know, negate all of the bad. And in inverse, right, all of Jimmy's good is negated by one bad. It's like, no, 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 you have to weigh those things, like, in, in their bubble, like, in, in its entirety. You can't take one bad play and that negates all of it. Now, if it's a continual negative thing, right, and what people will do is they'll say, well, he's continually throwing picks every day, right? So therefore, he's continually throwing bad balls. It's like, well, no, context matters on the picks, right? Context should matter. It should mean something. If the ball's getting tipped, if it's off a receiver's hand, right? Is he throwing in the double coverage? Is he missing inside? Did he miss low? Like the pick, yes, the pick yesterday to to Richie James that uh, Santi Samuel undercut. That wasn't a throw that was behind, right? It was a ball that came out late, not a lot of zip. And was low, low and outside, and probably should have been out further outside than should where he threw it, right? But it wasn't behind Richie James by any means. Today's pick was behind George Kittle. It's not the same mistake. It's a different mistake in a different situation in a different area of the field. So again, could come down to trying new things, right? Misreads or miscommunication between quarterback and wide receiver in terms of what you're seeing, and those things get cleaned up by putting those mistakes on film. Yeah, I mean Jimmy's making mistakes. Trey's making mistakes. Uh, because unfortunately, Trey, you know, Trey's taking sacks. I mean, that is the one area that he needs to clean up. Jimmy needs to clean up interceptions. Trey needs to clean up sacks, and that's because he's holding the ball too long. He's he's not finding his reads fast enough. Even on the play where he hit Jamichael Hasty, which on, wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, and the play that he hit River Craycraft, uh, where Craycraft is waving for the ball. Both of those took Trey a long time to get there. I'm not saying that I know that those weren't his first read. Those were his checkdowns. That's where he's supposed to go after. But he is not reading a novella out there. I mean, it's taking him a little bit. And he needs to he needs to get out there, make his reads, and get rid of the ball. But that's because he's processing. He's learning. He's a rookie quarterback. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo has a little bit of a better handle on this. And Jimmy's making too many mistakes. I, I think both guys have areas where they're they're very successful. And both of them have areas of weakness. We both agree that right now Trey Lance is the better red zone option for the 49ers. 100 million percent. Yeah. He's executing way better there. As far as a deep ball thrower, Trey Lance is winning. You know what? Pretty much rhythm passes and things that are going on over the middle, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Overall understanding of the offense, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's here's the thing, right? I think today's performance and just what we've seen from these two the last few days and just the last week in general, this lends towards why Kyle Shanahan wants to utilize both. But it also lends the the fact that what you may potentially have and what you may be seeing is series and drives that start with Jimmy Garoppolo 
where he's able to get the offense in rhythm, get them down the field, and then finish with Trey Lance. And you know what? You can talk all you want about, well, if you're having to bring in Trey to close, what's the point of even having Jimmy? Well, how about the fact that Jimmy's able to get you get in you a there. position to close? You can, you know, if Jimmy's struggling in the red zone and we have this guy who can thrive, then utilize Jimmy to get you to the point where that kid can thrive, right? That's only going to actually help Trey more because he's going to have a bunch of confidence knowing every time we get inside 15 yards, it's on me. I get to go out there and get this done and put points up on the board for this team, right? And Jimmy knows I just need to get us there and we got a kid who can put us in the end zone. It's not, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a nightmare if you're a quarterback, right? Because you want to be the guy that puts the ball in the end zone, right? You want to be the guy that leads the team down the field. But if these two can find a way to let the ego part, right? And it seems like they can, and it seems like they want to, they're willing to give this a shot, then you have a situation that's extremely difficult for defenses because you have to play one way against Jimmy. And then the minute you get in within 20 to 15 yards, the dynamic completely changes. And now you have to shift gears instantaneously to handle what Trey can do. And that's exactly why it will be Jimmy sometimes in the red zone and sometimes it'll be Trey. Because if it was always Trey, then the defense Easier could prepare. prepare. Uh, it's it's going to be a mixture of things. And and he came in with the first team. we got to talk about Trey working with the first team. Uh, he came in and he ran some read option plays. And George Kittle talked about that a little bit, that it was a little bit different from what he's used to. And, yeah, I, I think that this is just what we've been talking about for a long time, that it's going to be Jimmy and Trey, and these guys are going to be working together. And there are going to be times that you have Jimmy Garoppolo on the field and times you have Trey Lance. How those splits work depends on what scheme you're going against, what team you're playing against, what defenders are over there, you know, and how that coach is planning on playing against Kyle Shanahan. What it does is it flips all kinds of tendencies up on their ear, right? Because you don't know exactly what you're going to see from Kyle Shanahan from, from game to game, from series to series, from play to play. Ultimately, with personnel groupings as well, you can do all kinds of fun stuff with these guys that they have. So I think that Kyle Shannon is getting these guys in the right positions to be successful. He's making sure that he's getting Trey Lance. They've, they've slowly worked him in. The fact that he ran the ball a lot and then also took advantage of some, of some throwing plays were nice. A shovel pass to Debo Samuel as well, which is nice. Um, those are things that he can be successful at. And Kyle Shannon is finding the things that are going to work for Trey Lance. And those are the things he's going to use the most. What's wrong with finding your players' abilities, you know, what, what their their capabilities are, what their strengths are, and using those strengths to better help your football team? Isn't that your job as a head coach? It is, and that's why you want these guys to make mistakes. Number one, so they can learn from it. Number two, so you know their limitations and be able to not put them in those situations again. It's the whole point of practice. It's the whole point of preseason. It's the whole point of training camp. I mean, I used to tell my kids this all the time during preseason work, right? My job right now is to try and break you. My goal. My wow. goal is to break you. That's different. S sounds awful. Yeah. Right. But like, it's cool that Ivan Drago. <laughs> I like mentally. I want to break you. Wow. Physically, in terms of like your performance, I want to break you. I want you to make mistakes. I want you to fail. No. And it's not because I hate you. It's because right. I want. I need to know. I need to know where that line is for you. Where that threshold is. Where you can't do these things at you know certain points, or the fact that you just can't perform these things. Because if you can't do them, that's fine. But I can't put you in that situation. If I'm putting you in that situation, not only are you going to fail, we're going to fail because we're all we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. If you can't paddle, the boat's not going anywhere. Everyone's got to be, you know, pulling their weight, doing their part for this group. So you got to figure out, you know, what it is you can do and have success with, what it is you can't, because you can fix those things, right? You can work on those things if you know you can't do them or you're not as clean with those things or, you know, you have areas of weakness in certain aspects of, a, of an area of the offense or a route or you know, a type of throw or an area of the field, gotta gotta know so you can improve and develop and 
slowly get yourself out of the, the bad area, the bad spot that you're in, and get to a point where you can contribute and add something to the table. You know what I got out of your story? Was that, you know, there's the old saying that everyone, doesn't matter where you sit in the boat, you just get an oar and, and row. Yeah. Uh, you're the kind of guy that breaks the oar and then, and then gives it to the kid. Uh, you're that guy. Um, but no, I, I think that you're right. Everyone needs to do that. And that's not a bad way to look at it because you do want to know these guys' strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and then you can use those to, you know, capitalize and help your football team. So that's 100%, you know, something you're trying to do is, is find what these guys' limitations are and then using their strengths uh, to make it the best you can for your football team, the best possible way. So, uh, yeah, this is just the normal way that football happens in the NFL. Accurate. And it goes to show that most likely these guys are going to be working in tandem in some way, shape, or form, right? Jimmy starts it off, right? Gets this team moving, gets him down the field, into the red zone, close. And then Trey Lance comes in as the closer at times um, and gets those things and knocks it out, right? And and finishes it, puts drives the nail in into the board, right? He takes it and finishes it off for Jimmy. Jimmy was hammering away at this thing for hours right and then trey hours. comes in i mean i'm just being dramatic but trey comes in right and just one taps it in there the rest of the way through and everyone goes trey's the greatest and jimmy gets no love because that's what's going to happen for a majority of the season it could be i think no matter what trey lance does out there as long as it is a you know a good play um that there's going to be some sort of overreaction to it you know Accurate. i mean there there's a reason that people start you know counting down to christmas from the time christmas ends um they're waiting for that next time trey lance is 49ers fans Christmas, or a lot of them at least, and they're looking forward to that. Um, some of us are still excited for Halloween, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it's okay to like both, you know, it really is. Um, but we're, we, we, need to, we need to go ahead and just be supportive of both of them. I think Kyle's going to make the right decision that best fits his football team, whether that is using Trey Lance in certain situations, using Trey Lance ultimately as a starter. Whatever he decides, it's going to be best for the football team to be able to win. And until Trey Lance is ready to be the best option for the 49ers to win football games, then it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And because Jimmy Garoppolo does give them a good opportunity to win, yes, he needs a defense. Yes, he needs a running game. You know who else needs that right now? Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance isn't ready to carry a football team uh, to the promised land. And even the great Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl. And the reason is it's been hard for him to get a great defense to go along with a very good running game. It, there's special players in this in the NFL that play quarterback. And, you know, not everyone can have one of those. In fact, there's probably like 25 teams that don't have one of those special quarterbacks, and that's okay. You just find one that can operate your system and run it the way that you want it to be ran so that way you can win football games. Correct. Um, you know, and I just want to say, Jimmy, I know you don't need me to back you up here at all, but uh, I saw Derwin James and the, the, the Chargers secondary. They're having a good old time at Jimmy's expense. You know, he's overpaid for a star. He ain't that good. All this nonsense. Poppycock, number one, he'll show you. I guarantee you he's going to show you. Proved it in 2019, he'll prove it again. And also, Derwin, stay on the field. Stay on the field, my guy. Mm -hmm. Jimmy's injury prone? I guess look in the mirror. I, Ooh. Don't, don't, don't be doing that. Keep that over there. You stay on the field for a full season, then you can talk just a little bit. Yeah, you, you talk your trash. But let's just remember he's one of my favorite players of all time. Florida State. Derwin James is a beast. And if he stays on the field, he's going to be an all-pro because that's how good he is. Um, I'm hoping for good things for him, for sure. I, I agree with you. He's definitely an all-pro, but stay on the field. Please. Please. For for actual sake, I, I actually do like Derwin James. He's actually extremely talented. I drafted him one year in fantasy, hoping he was going to have a big year, and then just before you knew it, it was like, oh, gosh. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much. Not that much. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, let's let's talk a little bit. Let's give a little bit of love, right, to our actual defense. We talked a lot about offense. has been heavy offense 
Um, Fred Warner doing Fred Warner likes things. The defense having another successful day. Chargers beat Riders very quiet when talking about the Chargers offense, mostly just about Jimmy's mistakes or, you know, the defense making some stops or Trey not looking as clean. Uh, there has been really, it's been mums the word about the Chargers offense, and I wonder why that might be. Yeah, the 49ers defense is good, like really good. <laughs> and they're not even 100%. They're not even full strength. When they get full strength, it's going to be rough. I mean, it really is. Detroit has got to be agonizing over the fact they got to play San Francisco in week one. That's an early game, too, you know, on the West Coast. That's an early butt kicking um, because that's what's coming for them. I think that they're not going to be ready for this defensive line. They're not going to be ready for this front seven. And ultimately, that's going to benefit this secondary that is actually, you know, turned out pretty well. Not a lot of depth there, which I think is always a question and a concern. But as long as they stay healthy with those, you know, starting four guys that are in that secondary, uh, five if you include K1, depending on if they're a nickel, I, I think we'll be just fine. I agree with you there. I think they'll be just fine as well. I don't think there's going to be too big of an issue or too much of a problem. Um, I like what this defense does. I like what they put on tape. I like what the defensive line has been showing without the Boses of the world, without the Kinlaws. And can we give a little bit of love, love to Samson Ebucom? drawn two holding penalties today, showing how much of a problem he's actually going to be. Uh, listen, may, people may be like, well, it's just two holding penalties in a, in a preseason practice. If you're having to hold in a practice scrimmage, doesn't count an actual game to prevent a guy from blowing by you in space, you got some problems. You got some issues. This man is going to be a wrecking ball once he gets out there. I am ever more excited for Samson Ebucom. I just wish now that I could actually see it in person before you know before an actual game like i want to see it and i want to be able to evaluate it with my own eyeballs i'll, I'll be patient i'll wait samson have come do your thing man he has a great build to be able to be a six, very successful edge rusher uh the way he's built he's built i mean he's a brick house i mean the guy is jacked and then you add that with the fact he's not as tall as some of the other guys he's able to bend that corner real nice uh, I am curious how he looks, you know, as far as the bull rush. We haven't seen any of it. We haven't got to see any of that from Ebucom because we didn't see that practice because he was working on a side field. That'll be something I'm interested in because if he can be as dynamic as far as be able to have the speed to go with the bull rush like D4 does and like D4 showed mm -hmm. on Thursday, then this is an even scarier defensive line than you would think. Uh, it's a massive upgrade over Kerry Hyder because of the speed element. Yes, if, if Kyler Murray or one of them takes off, this guy can go out there and run with them. He's not going to ultimately run them down, right? He's a 4-6 guy compared to a 4-3 a guy, but he's going to be able to run parallel with them and make Kyler Murray think twice. Don't be surprised if when we play Arizona, you don't see Kyler Murray do his little famous slide uh, three yards behind the, you know, behind the line of scrimmage so he doesn't get sacked. This guy's going to be huge for the 49ers this year. Just we got to get this D-line on the field. I'm, I'm excited for this D-line. Uh, I can't rush. wait to see these guys together because you're right. That's a that's a, a good sign that he's forcing people to hold on to him already. Correct. Uh, it also shows that you don't necessarily need the the most elite secondary in the entire world in order for you to have success against an offense. And this is a Chargers offense that at times can be high powered, especially if Justin Herbert's making good decisions. They're giving him some time. They can beat you over the top. They can beat you in a variety of ways. They got a lot of talent out there at receiver. Got some talent there in the backfield as well with Eckler. Um, this is by no means just a, a pushover offensive group. So the fact that this 49ers defense has had the success that they've had, and there hasn't really been a lot of hype and excitement about the Chargers offense and Justin Herbert coming out of this this joint these joint practice sessions, I'm feeling really good. Well, I never had concerns about the defense. No. Um, I don't think anything has concerned me besides you know the depth at corner. And other than that, I've been very happy with this defense, and I think that it's because I know the front seven is going to be elite. 
and they're going to be one of the best front sevens in the league, and they're going to tear it up. So, yeah, no concern for me. You're right. It's good news that we didn't hear a whole lot about the Chargers. I know Herbert had a good day on Thursday. 17-22 is a nice day. Sounds to me like the 49ers were letting him, you know, complete pass underneath, rallying to make tackles. I'm okay with that, too, because when it came to red zone time and stuff, they were getting off the field. They also probably didn't blitz a whole lot on third down, which they're going to do a ton this season. The blitzes are going to be up big time. D'Amico Ryans is coming after people of making aggressive plays, making people have to make split decisions or split seconds decisions that ultimately can turn into turnovers. So it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be exciting. I'm not worried about D'Amico Ryans in this defense at all. Not even a little bit. 49ers fans, faithful cutback crew, let us know what you thought about this breakdown of training camp down below in the comment section right now. Let us know all about it, right? You excited about things? You worried about Al Shire's elbow now because it was knee, right? He comes back, now it's elbow. This guy can't stay healthy. It's time to hit the panic button in the linebacker room, right? Are you worried about Trent Williams? Did you like what you saw to Raheem Mostert today? You worried about the running back room anymore? Jalen Moore going to be just fine? I, you let us know. We want to hear from you. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. That way you're notified for all of our daily content. And so you can be here on Sunday for the reaction show as soon as the game ends. Yeah, make sure you join us on Sunday for the reaction show. It's exciting. We answer all questions. So if you got a question, throw it our way, and we'll be getting into it. It'll be very exciting to see um, how we break down exactly what's happening on the field. A little bit different context than you're going to get from most. Uh, it won't be an emotional reaction. It'll be a very calculated reaction to what is going on from how we see it. And then it's nice to have a lot of you know feedback, people you know being able to say what they saw, so we can have a very, very good conversation. In-depth conversation, in-depth breakdown. You're going to get that on this channel constantly. Less emotion, more rational thinking. We like it. We're bringing it to you as best we can. Unless you start doing this and you're a defender. You do that and a defender, and it's just, it's just Ant loses it. Yep. He's going to lose his freaking mind. I'm going to lose my punch stuff. Punch some that's, that's why we have the backdrop back there. It's yep. actually not because you know the backdrop looks cool. It's because of all the holes that Ant's punched in the mm -hmm. wall. Totally that. You're yes. a loose cannon. I, I definitely don't stay cool, calm, and collected. Definitely. Not, not no. at all. No, never, never, ever. You're totally the crazy, irrational one. It's I'm, not me. I'm, I'm the crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, it's not me. No, definitely not you. And, and Unless they saw us coach. And then they would realize, uh, yeah. Not only am I the guy who breaks the oar, I'm the, I'm the guy who breaks the oar and then laughs and then throws it in the water for you to go get it. Or has a broken foot and stomps onto the court anyways. We'll have to throw the clip of that up one day for all, for y'all to see me getting hype on the sideline, coaching with a broken foot and stomping it around. Don't don't know. Don't, there's no off switch, Ant. There's no uh, there's no turning down the knobs. But hey, you know what? It's fine. Got to keep the energy up somehow, some way. Cutback crew, 49ers faithful. Until the next one, you stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.